0: Are you paying too much for your home and auto insurance? At Caleb Holloway State Farm, you're one quick click, call, and quote away for some serious savings. Visit www.calebholloway.net or call 706-406-2111 for all of your home, auto, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, Caleb Holloway State Farm is there. Hey, what's up everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products and emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. what's going on everybody welcome to another episode of cigar store idiots i ain't gonna drag around with this i'm gonna jump right into it i want to introduce a good friend of mine we've been friends for a very long time and uh it was good to get to see you the other day and bump into you and make this thing happen so big reggie what's up man what's
1: going on man how you been Man, I've been good, man. Good. Tired because I'm working a lot, doing yes. a lot of different things, so that's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> Staying right. busy.
0: I know, that's that's all we can do now. We're getting older, so we got to stay
1: busy, Yes. So. How's your
0: how's your son doing?
1: Man, he's doing good. Okay. Like any other 14-year-old, he thinks he's bigger than his dad. Well, no, nah, he ain't bigger than you. <laughs> he's not. But, You know i <laughs> got I'm long not ways to complain. Go. Yeah. I don't want to complain, you know. He's a really good kid. Good. Um he I always tell people like all the good that that God put in me, it went straight to him. Well, if there was good. some good in me, he got it because <laughs> he is a very, uh, he's just a good kid. He's a good human being. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, good. Well, he had he had a good role model, so <laughs> that's the way I feel about my kid too. It's like uh, I've been I've been super lucky to have such a good kid. Right. Uh, growing up, and uh, his little sister now, she's gonna be the one that puts me in a crazy house. Right. <laughs> she's a, she's the one I can hear my hair turning gray. Right. It's just I can hear it <laughs> turning gray. Uh, every time she uh, don't get her way or right. something goes down, so, so, uh, so you and I met each other. I want to say ten, eleven years ago. Man, that's about was. when I had my my hips replaced, and I started working at Rome Athletic Club, and you were a trainer there. Yes, and so I came into there, and uh, w- that's where the magic happened. So, it is. I had a lot of good times yes, over there. I
1: actually had a lot of good times in that gym. Yeah, I did. Met a lot of good people. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was. Man, that was 2006 or 7? I, I think so, yeah. yeah.
0: We're the original Robin Big. Yeah. <laughs> <It was laughs> I don't know who the two clowns time. was on MTV, yes, but yes. we're the originals. So so do yeah. you, are you still training folks now? Are you still doing I that? I'm
1: training folks every single morning. Oh, I got I, you. I sure am. I get up um, between four thirty five o'clock every day. Ooh, man. Uh, I don't train miss them boot people, camp Right. <laughs> I don't miss it at yes. all. Yes. And I go train people, then go work for the local hospital here, then get out from there and... I have certain clients in the evening, then I have to get my workout in and so it's just a busy day, which I, I don't mind. After right. this podcast, I'm going to boxing. So Are you? <laughs> yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> well yeah, uh we got uh an episode coming up this weekend. We're actually recording it with uh with George Lockhart. He's coming in. So Lockhart and Leith. Uh Dan uh, is actually gonna call in his partner and uh they work with Tyson Fury oh wow so i'm trying to get i'm trying to get uh tyson fury to call in gypsy uh, king yeah yeah (laughs) i like for him to call in and i like to chop it up with him a little bit so i think he's an interesting cat so that'd be awesome it would be cool that would would be be. awesome um i know back in the day when you and i worked at the rack we had uh we did an extreme i think it was like a biggest loser type competition
1: um extreme fitness makeover Makeover. that was it yeah
0: yeah i i tell you it's funny it's a funny story i had uh I had got to where I didn't work out much anymore. I'd had issues with kidney stones and stuff like that. And every time I work out I had a kidney stone break loose. So oh. Lucky me. It's probably all those energy drinks I was drinking. Um but uh but I had started working out again last year, like last like before the summer started, like about this time last year. Okay. And uh, I have my setup in my garage. Have my TRX. Have my kettlebells. And I have my routine. And mm-hmm. I'm out there. And I'm just like, man, I can handle this. I can get out here like I did in the warehouse back in the day. Right. And I was like, I'm gonna publicly apologize to every single person that I ever trained, <laughs> because uh, me trying to get them healthy, uh, I went through a it's like a near death experience <laughs> right. for me. I was like, what the fuck am I doing to these poor people? Right? <laughs> what am I doing to myself? <laughs> Somebody call an ambulance. <laughs> so. But uh, but yeah, dude, I, I've, I've been trying to get back into it. Uh, I, I think I got a clean bill of health on the kidney stones. And a, and actually, I got a diet, or a I hate saying diet. That's a dirty word. We don't say that. But I got a meal plan from uh, Tony Metcalf and uh, okay. George Lockhart. Okay. And so it's kind of a fighter's meal plan to kind of get myself back in shape. And um, and I've actually lost probably about 12, 15 pounds oh, wow. so, in three weeks. So it's, it's coming along. So I'm I'm excited about feeling better good deal. and not looking like a like a fat tub of goo at the swimming pool. Like I I was like man I'm gonna, if I go to the beach this year I'm gonna have to take a hoodie right and be on the beach in a hoodie. So yeah, but I miss I, it. I miss training people. I love doing that. That was that was a good time. I, I and I met a lot of great people, uh, in lifelong friends in that yes. industry oh, too. Yeah. So. And, and I met some turds too. Right, yeah,
1: I met some people that I could probably do without seeing again. Yeah, but I think I've met more people that I love to see. Um, even people I hadn't trained in years, we see each other and the conversation starts just like it was the last time we worked out together. Yes. Yep. And and like you with your story, I, I feel the same way. Um, so I, all these years of powerlifting, you know, when it comes to things like squats and bench press I don't do a lot of reps, mm-hmm. and you know, so I don't go to fifteen reps. I never squat. That much anymore, you right? Know, it's like five reps because I lift so heavy. Uh-huh. I don't have any reason trying to squat seven hundred pounds fifteen times. Now, but now, yesterday, <laughs> when
0: you say heavy, you are we're talking
1: yeah seven eight hundred pounds. Shh, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, that's not every week, you know. Yeah. That's just working up to, yeah. um, to a like if I'm getting to a competition or something I like gotcha. that. But uh, I was squatting yesterday. And I was doing sets of 15 because I didn't go heavy. Mm-hmm. And I almost felt like I was going to throw up. And it was <laughs> funny because like yeah. you, I was like, what so this is, is what my clients feel like when I'm <laughs> always like, you got 15. Okay, now you have 15 more. Yeah. I'm used to doing five yeah. or four or three or just a, a set of two, you know. So doing all those reps yesterday, I'm like, oh, my God, this is what they go through. Dude, you know what I yeah. turned
0: into? I turned into that kid in the PE class when uh, you're having to do push-ups. Mm-hmm. And uh as soon as the gym teacher turns his back, and that's when you just lay down there and right. watch and wait for him to turn around. I turned into that kid. So right. I'm like, I'm like, what is the point of right. what am I doing right now to myself? Yeah. So I'll tell you a funny story. Do you do you remember Herbert Stevens? Do you I remember do. Herbert? Okay. So we're talking about lifting heavy and mm-hmm. power lifting, and then Herbert was a bodybuilder. Yes. He's strong as shit too. Yeah, um, Herbert called him Quadzilla. Quadzilla, yeah, yeah. He had some freakish legs. So I'll tell you a funny story about him. There was a guy in town that was a quote-unquote power lifter. Mm -hmm. Okay. This joker spent more time putting his shit on and getting chalk all over the gym than he did doing any kind of exercises. Right. And I ain't going to say his name. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this cat was over there. Mm -hmm. He had, I think he had 415 on on the squat bar. Right. And he's in the little cage, and Herbert's just pacing. Like, he's pacing like a damn panther. Like, he's like – waiting and waiting this guy's over there putting his knee wraps on and putting on this he's having somebody help him put his belt on right i'm like and herbert's like are you gonna fucking squat that right. are you just gonna get that shit all over the gym and and the guy's like looking at him and, and herbert goes under there and unracks it and he rips off about 20 reps of 415 oh, wow. like, And you can hear the the plates going cha-ching cha-ching right. cha-ching i mean like <laughs> ripping it i'm talking about this man is he's he is squatting way past parallel. Right. Like just, just crushing it and he racks it uh and uh he takes a look at the guy and I don't know if he said anything to him after he racked it. I don't think he really had to say anything. Right. But uh old buddy was real quick to start undoing his knee wraps and putting his chalk back in his little plastic bucket. <laughs> and uh he got his he got his soul crushed that right. day. So but yeah, we I, I always tell people that I could do uh we could do a podcast like a whole entire podcast just on the gym business oh yeah all the stuff that i've seen and been around yes and there'd be a, a a uh explicit version of that podcast yes and then there'd be a clean version of right. it so
1: yes but,
0: so so when when did you get into rome like i know you and i met like back 10 11 years ago is yeah. that about what time you came into rome or i or? got
1: here because
0: you're originally from birmingham
1: correct yes yeah, so i'm originally from birmingham um when I left Miles, I uh, went to Atlanta to start training for football. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting picked up by a, um, I guess you call it like a minor league arena team. It wasn't Arena One, Arena Two. It was like another off league, it was okay. the NIFL, I believe. And they were in Enid, Oklahoma. So I ended up going there for two and a half years after school. That team is the team that moved here that became the Rome Renegades. Okay. So that's how I uh, got to okay, Rome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I came I here. Yeah. So that was in, I think, Oh, 05 maybe. It was around the time I started with the gym and mm-hmm. everything like that. So that's originally how I got here because I had, I didn't know what Rome was and the lady, her name was Miss LaMunion that owned the team in Oklahoma. Okay. And she just kept saying, baby, it's not far from Birmingham. <laughs> and I was like, I never, I don't know. And she said, like, it has these rivers and it's so pretty and you're just going to love it and you'll be closer to home and, it, you know. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> so,
0: it's, it's better than Oklahoma probably.
1: You know, it's weird. I I enjoyed in it was small. Um, yeah, it's I would say Enn probably smaller than Rome, but it's like on the same level. Okay. Um, it wasn't too bad. I don't mind small towns as long as I can get to where I want to go. So it was maybe an hour and two minutes from Oklahoma City. Okay. So even there, I I could if I wanted to go out and do stuff. I'm not a guy that goes out to clubs and stuff a lot, but it's close enough to a big city where even if you certain want stores to or something. certain places I need to shop at, um, I could actually go to. I got you know? you. So.
0: I know, um, I, and I've talked several times on this podcast about uh, working in the Midwest. I just, man, I just didn't have no love for it. Right. So it was tough it for was me. It was okay with me. I,
1: I it was okay. Um, the weather was different there yeah. because I didn't know it got that extreme winter, you know, right? With the snow and ice in in Enid, Oklahoma, but. They have real winters. For real. Like <laughs> you know?
0: if you're from the south and you go somewhere where they got real snow and realize right. you're like,
1: I ain't driving on that. Right. Like when are I was in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but you know.
0: But you are too. Yes, yeah. you are. You can yes. drive on it.
1: You got to. You yeah. have to. Everybody else is. So yes. you're going. So, you know, that the, the small towns I enjoy, like I said, like I, I love Rome. It's, and it's central for everything I love. I'm not far from Birmingham. Mm-hmm. I'm not far from Atlanta. I'm not far from Chattanooga. Right. We're so, in a good can, spot. Yeah. It's, Rome's it's a, a good spot. really good spot. Yeah. So it, it makes it just easy for me to do whatever it is I want to do and not have the hustle and bustle of a big city and the yeah. traffic of an Atlanta or in a Birmingham right. where I don't think they've ever stopped working on the roads. No, you know? no, <laughs> never. Our 20 has been, it's always been worked on. It's though. always got, so. yeah.
0: We, uh, I, it was funny, uh, we talk about the the real weather that's in the Midwest and we were in Kansas and uh, I mean we had an ice storm And I came out and I had a, I had a um, expedition and I'm talking about this bitch was, was covered like three quarter inch of ice. Like it was a ice cocoon around my vehicle. And then, uh, one of the, one of the guys that was over me, like I was a supervisor, but I had a guy I had to report to. He was like, a when you think you're gonna get here and i was like i don't know man whenever the fuck my car <laughs> freezes <laughs> right. i was like it looks like mr freeze came out here and glazed this whole place over and it was like we well, need to find a way to get here and i'm like, wow. I'm like i can't even open my
1: door dude right. it's frozen shut so a story with that so <laughs> when i was in oklahoma um i used to drive a limo not four people like that was my everyday car yeah so the lady again her, her name was jamie Lemay, and her husband was wayne and they own the limo, and they are like, well, baby, you didn't drive your car here, so you're going to have to drive this. And it was a legit Cadillac limo. Nice. <laughs> so that was an everyday car. So on the off-season, I used to work for, I think that company was called StarTech, but it was for AT&T and Singular and their um, receivables management. So it was a call center. Okay. Well, one morning, I'm getting ready for work. And like I said, the weather there gets, you know, ice is over. It, is it snows. Stupid. I get up. I get in the car. I turn it on. And I'm sitting there waiting for the car, you know, to warm up so I can go to work. And I'm like, oh, man, I forgot something in the house. Try to get out. My door's frozen. <laughs> so I'm stuck inside this limo, right? Now, you got to understand, I didn't have a cell phone. Oh my so God. I'm in this car and the girl on date. And I'm like, I'm out there trying to hit the horn, seeing if I can wake her up. She's not coming. I'm like, I wonder if the back door opened. So then I was going to proceed to try oh to climb through the window God. to the back. But I felt like I was going to get stuck. Dude. So I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. So I got back into the front seat. Well, eventually, she came out, and then she ends up calling the police out there, and they're just like, we don't think it's going to crack the window, but we're going to pull water down here and see if we can get you out Oh my and God. let the window down yeah. so you can crawl the window. So that's what he did, and the window comes down. So my big behind climbs out of this window, falls in the snow, and as I fall in the snow, the door opens. Oh, my God. Being <laughs> been in that car for almost an hour. I,
0: dude, I can't even imagine you trying to climb out of a window. It
1: was hilarious, and I was so <laughs> mad because the door opened, but- how cold it was that day. The door opened, but it immediately locked the latch so I couldn't close it back. Like, I had to get a um, blow dryer.
0: to Are like try to, Yeah, to try to get I it be, so I mean, I could I open it. and
1: close the door. Yeah, and it happened actually about two times with that car. I didn't get stuck that yeah. many times, but where you would open the door and the inside latch would get stuck where it was, it wouldn't come down because it was just frozen, man. Yeah. But it was, that was out because I like cold weather, so it wasn't a big deal. I think the hardest thing I had to get used to Living in that area because Oklahoma's flat.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, and there's no saying, pine trees, right?
1: And people saying, "If I'm saying they're like, hey, um, like, Mister, my day without She would be like, "Baby, would you go to X, Y, and Z and pick this up and take it to the um to the field for us?" And I'm like, "Yeah, where is that?" Well, what do you do? Is you go west, <laughs> and once you get there, you're gonna turn east over here, and then you're gonna go. And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Give me a landmark." Yeah, so, do I turn by Hardee's or what? I don't know where I'm going, but. That was the weirdest thing to get used to. Nobody in the South tells you to go east and no. turn west, and all right, you're gonna head north, and then you're gonna go east once you get up here. And no, nobody does that. So, but it became easy because it's so flat and everything is square there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I eventually got to. But that was the hardest thing because down here, if you told me. Like, when I ask you how to get to your studio, you're just like, it's by Schroeder's. Yeah, everybody. That's all Schroeder's I need to is. know. Yep. I'll come down there, and I'll, t- I'll find it.
0: I'll tell you something funny. I think it's probably one of the first conversations I ever had with you. And I remember this, because uh, you been from Birmingham, I worked for a company, and I was working in Birmingham probably for about six months. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked for some Korean people. Right. And... uh they were telling me to go to – I was going to a dentist office. So I worked for a dental lab. And so I was taking some stuff to uh, Woodlong Dental Center. Okay. Woodlong. You know I know where Woodlong is. I definitely know where that is. So, so I'm like the little Asian guy. He's like, uh, you got to go left on Reef Street. And I said, okay. So I'm driving around, dude. And I – and I remember telling you, I was like, I was like in an episode of Good Times, like, right. oh, dude, I was in a bad place, and you right. even told me you was like, yeah. man, I can't believe, it. right? You was over there, I'm over there in a red truck. I'm the only white person oh, in the vicinity, and, um, so I'm like, and I did have a cell phone at the time, thank God. And I've called, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know where I'm at, dude, I'm lost, and like, I'm I'm looking for Reef Street, and he's like, no Reef, and I said, yeah, Reef, and he's Bro. like, no Reef, like a Reef on a tree. And I was like, that's a leaf, man. That ain't a reef. <laughs> right. You're going to get me killed. Right. I don't yeah, even know what man. I'm doing. So, But yeah, you told me, he's like, yeah, it's a good thing you made it out of that. Oh, yeah. Because was so sketchy. Yeah, so,
1: some some bad areas. Of Burley, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yes.
0: there's bad areas everywhere you go. But oh, yeah. yeah, I was definitely not in a good, a right. good, good area for myself. Yeah, you know, it's so, just
1: certain places and cities you go to where it's not really good to go in certain neighborhoods unless you know somebody there. Right. You just don't linger no. into the wrong areas no. and I, it's like that everywhere you know yep. you just have certain areas you sure. just it's better not to go there unless you're with somebody that's from there yeah yeah
0: agreed agreed so when you were in birmingham you played you played ball when you were in high school did, yeah. did you did you i mean you got some did you get some looks from some schools and so oh, what man. kind of things happened there because did you such My a
1: life is a roller coaster dude it's i like, know that's why i want to
0: get you in here you got yeah it's, uh,
1: it's so, yeah, I went to Gardendale from um, kindergarten all the way until I graduated. And I was getting looks from Ole Miss and a lot of big schools, yeah. Old Miss. I was even getting stuff from schools I couldn't get into, like um, not Harvard, but uh, what's another one of those elite schools that have a football team? I can't even think of who they are now. Um, uh
0: like Princeton and uh, somebody like that. Like One of those schools, yeah,
1: it was like a Princeton or somebody <laughs> I like got you. somewhere where I wouldn't get in grade wise. <laughs> like it was like, why are they sending me this letter right here? Yeah. But no, um, Southern Miss, just a lot of schools, maybe about 20 schools. And I what happened was I eventually I signed with UAB. OK. And our uh, coach Watson Brown was there at the time. And they were telling me, well, what we want to do is red shirt you your first year. Well, at that time, my mind frame because like I, I used to be into a lot of stuff. I used to run with a gang and all that kind of stuff when I was younger. And what they like call you?
0: What was your nickname?
1: I get called different names, man. Like Could I, was, you I was Reggie. I was um, I got called Brazy. That came from football, but that's also a gang name too. I I mean, got it's you. not too many of that's not gang names. Um, as dark as I am, people call me Red Dog because in the black community, usually the light skinned guys are called Red Dog, uh-huh. but they call me that because I wear red all the time. I got you. Um, but, you know, it, it was what it was. Um, I got in a lot of trouble. So my thing was I'm not going to be able to survive school if I'm not playing football. Mm-hmm. So my cousin Mike was going to Miles, and um, I started talking to their coach. And what they told me was since it's Division Two, I qualified from the ACT. I made a 17 or 18, I think, on the ACT. And they're like, you're good. Like, you can play. Which – as a grown man, I would think, well, if I can play here, why can't I play there the first year? So, right. I, I, But as a kid, you don't think about that. All I was like was in order for me to get out of what I'm doing now, I need to go somewhere and play football. And so I switched to go to Miles, and I didn't get in trouble by the NCAA because I went down from Division One to Division I got Two. You. I so didn't I didn't know can, that was a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, you can get in trouble. Once you commit, you can't just leave. But you can go down without being penalized. Gotcha. got you. Until
0: now, you can go wherever you want to. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. a lot's changed, man. So, like,
1: college is talking to kids all this time. Back when I was in school, it was a certain time of the year they were able to talk to you, and they couldn't do it before then. They can talk to your coach, but not you, right? Um, but I get there, dude, and we were having three days in the Birmingham Sun, and Coach Leonard, man, I loved him to death. He died recently, but um, we're down there, man, working hard, doing our thing. I'm trying to make a name for myself, you know. Get down to the week of, it was the first game of the year. I think we are getting ready to play Kentucky State. Well, that We play on Saturdays like anybody mm-hmm. else. On well, that Tuesday, it was a couple of us. It was probably about eight of us, actually. We walk into the locker room and notice our stuff's missing. Oh. So we initially just think, okay, the old heads, you know, they're <laughs> they're playing. So we in there. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all stop playing, man, blah, 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 blah. You know, <laughs> our locker room stuff, wrestling, tussling. they like, dude, really, we ain't got your stuff we know we get called into the coach's office and they're like, well, y'all aren't eligible to play this season. That's why we had to take your stuff up. What? They knew it the whole time, but they, they were getting us to the school.
0: Oh, man. Got us really,
1: really bad. So I end up still not playing football that year, but luckily I stay out because I was about to just drop out of school and go do my thing. But um, I, I toughed it out. I stayed in school and eventually played there. and. Like I said, man, was getting looks by NFL teams. I mean, I had a good career. I played arena football, of course, yep. um, after college. But, I mean, it all worked out for me. But it was just – it's a big roller coaster. That's you, how I ended up at Miles, though. Was, <laughs> and the coach that, that got me there got fired right before we started camp. So it was just a – Just one thing after another. Yes, man. Yes.
0: That's kind of the way Tyler got – he was kind of – they were wanting him to come play ball at a school in Rome – and we switched high schools to make sure he was eligible. Right. And as uh, soon as we switched, they had uh, they fired the baseball coach. Wow. So they got a new baseball coach, and he don't know anything about Tyler. Tyler was right. cut, and it's oh, like, wow. yeah. So it's kind of, I get that. It's it
1: sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's everything changes. Yes, and it does. And you know, I, I long even now I'll think about you know what would have happened to my career had I stayed at UAB. But dude, I wouldn't take the experience for miles away for nothing in the world. Yeah. You know, like. I'm a golden bear for life, you yeah. know, and I graduated, you know, a lot of athletes right. <laughs> don't get to say that. Right. So I wouldn't take that experience away for nothing. And if I had it to do over again, I probably would go right back to miles.
0: Now you play like arena league. You played, didn't you play with Dallas Desperados? I
1: played with the Desperados. I played with the Georgia force. Yep. Um, played with the Grand Rapids rampage. Yeah. Um,
0: I was so surprised that the arena league didn't, didn't stay strong, man. I thought they had a good following. Is it, it just was. poor management?
1: Exactly. It had, it had to been. be my last year because they always
0: had people in the crowd. Oh, dude, man. it was like every it every game. Was good. And it was a yeah, TV pack. contract. Yeah, everything. it was
1: good. Man, those guys making over a hundred thousand dollars. Really playing that? Yeah, man. The minimum when I was in arena was like thirty thousand. So okay. just, that was a minimum to play football. To play football That's and great. and what you gotta understand about that was great. And it didn't sound like a lot of money to the average person, but to play sixteen weeks of football for thirty thousand dollars and whatever your career is after that, you can go back home and work. That's right. So if you're not, you know, lucky enough to be in the NFL where you're you're making nine hundred thousand dollars a year and stuff like that, man, go out there and play ball and get played. Like I said, that's a minimum. That's just not what. That's just if you came off the streets so and sure. they said, yeah, we'll sign you. That's what you got. So it was between that. Highest player I know was making about one hundred and ten. It could have been somebody making more. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't me. I wish it was. But <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, man, arena ball, dude. It's rough. I love it. Yeah, it Um, was –
0: man, I love it. It was fast-paced. It wasn't boring. Dude, it was good.
1: It's – it's, God, it kills your body. But, again, man, it it was one of those experiences. Growing up, I always wanted to play in the NFL and everything. I would never take away my arena experience. I literally loved it.
0: What do you think about these football leagues that they got now that uh, these guys, they basically are out there playing because they love it. There's no money in it. There's uh, these semi-pro leagues. uh, You got to look at that and think these guys – I mean, almost like professional wrestlers.
1: Yeah. It's, um, I mean, you've
0: you got to work a full-time job, and you go out there and you play football. I mean, I'm sure there's no insurance or benefits. Right. A lot and of those you're putting it right. on the line.
1: Yeah. You know, I have a teammate I played with at Miles that's still playing. Really? But yeah. really. he's claims it's going to be his last year, but I just don't see his alignment. And he right. had bad knees then, so I don't oh, see how God. he's still playing. But he's good. So True. he wasn't one of those players where I'm just like. He's still playing, but he wasn't you know, used to handy body Yeah, I think people do it, man. The the term when people say weekend warrior, you get to a point in your life where you you become that. If you know at this point, either I've I've pretty much gotten too old to really try to play in the NFL mm-hmm. or anything like that, or if you if you don't feel like you may have the talent to get there. That's something you can do. If you love the game, you just go out and play it. And people do a lot of things. Like, if you think of your everyday life, it's a lot of stuff you do for free that other people may get paid for, but you do it because you love it. Right. Like, me lifting the weights and stuff that I lift. I don't get mm. paid to go in the gym and lift all that heavy weight, but I just love it. Like, yeah. it's a part of my daily therapy or whatever, or, like, with the boxing stuff. You know, I want to do amateur fight, not because I'm trying to go fight Fury or Wilder. Mm-hmm. I just, like, I'm a... I'm just a combat guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a warrior like and I can't let it go. You know, I yeah. plan on, I tell people all the time, I'm going to use this body up. You know, I'm going to take care of it as much as I can, but I'm going to use it up, man. There's no point for me to live and and not enjoy myself and not use, right? I'm six foot six. I don't even know what I weigh anymore. Got to be about 350 at least. Yeah. You're big old dude. I need to do something with that, <laughs> right. you know? Right. And, and I want to do the things that I enjoy doing. And I love hitting and being hit. So mm-hmm. boxing is there. Football, now I don't know if I'll ever do semi-pro. I'm um, not one of those people that think I'm above it. But when you play and you have made money from it or made a living from playing the sport, for me it's hard to go backwards and do that. Oh, for sure. You know, so it would be like if I would have – because boxing was my first love. I wanted to actually be a boxer before football. And But it would have been like if I was retired now and I had been the heavyweight champ of the world, I'm not going to try to go do – Side amateur fights and stuff like that. What, anymore, what about
0: know. what if we get you into uh, a bare knuckle fight um, tryout? I don't know. I never I mean, even thought about it. All the bare knuckles at,
1: I got was in, <laughs> in the streets of uh, Birmingham. I'm going to tell you right now
0: that that's probably one of the fastest growing sports in on like as far as combat sports goes. Right. Uh, a lot of the guys in the UFC making the transition over to bare knuckle because the ground game is not there for them anymore, but they can right. still strike. Right. Uh, and uh, I mean, I think you see a lot. I mean, one guy I'd love to see go to bare knuckles, Robbie Lawler. Hmm. I mean, that dude's hands, he's got dynamite in his oh, hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he's getting a little older. I, I think we, he and I might be the same age. I'm 46 now. Hmm. But uh, I don't know if he's that old. But I don't know. I, don't know. I know he'll knock the shit out of right. him, dude. his hands. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, I can see you fighting bare knuckle.
1: Yeah. I've never even thought about The dudes are making good money. Like They're that. making yeah. good
0: money. <laughs> I know a guy. I can get you – Get you uh, get somebody to talk to you. Say. Oh, man. <laughs> I
1: can see me getting ready for that. So that's the, um, it, it, I would have to get back into really comeback mode. You know, yeah. it, it, you have to get back into focus when you're doing something that gets, it's not that I'm against it because I'll probably love it. But, like, a lot of people around me will probably get a little nervous because, as you know, I'm usually laughing and smiling and trying mm-hmm. to make people other people laugh. Yes. that's just, That's my natural self. But when I get into a zone, I'm in a zone, so it's a different I'm not not an asshole, but <laughs> if I'm focusing like say if I did get in a bare knuckle, at that point, if I'm in the gym working out and you see me working out, don't come don't talk, come to, talk to me right. about your size so I'm like, hey, what do you think about the game last night? Like, yeah. dude. We'll talk about this game in an hour. Like yeah. do not like please So that becomes <laughs> me. Yeah, it's like so, this is work right, right now. This is what I gotta do. Um so i and and I was like, I'm like that with powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm getting ready for a competition, when I'm in that mode, you got to let me work out. Right. Like you can ask me all the questions about tips on bench pressing and squatting and deadlifting when I get done working out. But right now, do not stop me. It was a a funny story. So mm. a few years ago at rack, there's a it's a parking space in the front. It's not it's not a handicap space, but it's next to a handicap yeah. space. But it's not so everybody parks our park. the the police officers that work that work out their park there right. cuz it's not a it's not a handicap it's just next to it but i was in there working out one day and i was probably 5 weeks out from a competition and this guy i don't remember his name we end up being pretty cool but he came in and he was asking people whose car that was i think i was driving a lincoln at the time and i saw somebody pouring over at me but i didn't know what they were doing so i was actually doing um pull downs at the time i had just got through deadlifting and he came over and I took my headphones off and he said, hey, is that your car? And I said, yeah. And he said to me, he's like, man, you know, I just can't stand people that, that parking handicap. You know, I have a friend that's in a wheelchair and da, da, da. Uh-huh. Rob, I cussed his ass out. Like, I went, first of all, I went off on him because I'm like, I'm not in a handicap. But don't you ever interrupt my workout. Like, I was mad because he interrupted my workout yeah. more so than that. I'm like, dude, now had I been in a handicap, I could have 100% understood that. Right. You know, that that ain't cool. It's They got it there for a reason. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I wasn't and you interrupted my workout, that was what made me mad. And I went off on that yeah, guy. Yeah, I would have And too. then put my headphones right back on and yep. finished my set. But it was weird. The next day... We talked. He needed help with something, and I ended up having to help him, and we ended up being okay. But I get into that mode, like, just if you can leave me alone for this hour and a half, then you'll get the regular Reggie, Brazy, Red Dog, Giles, or whatever nickname people call me. Like, (laughs) you'll get him back. So
0: I know that we – I I used to always tell everybody, too, if you saw me in the gym and my earphones were in, like I had earbuds. Mm -hmm. Here we go. I had earbuds.
1: Yeah, I Okay, goes. there we go. All right.
0: I've been having some issues with my mic. Um but they uh it was so crazy because I think mean, this thing is crazy. Hold, Hold one on one second. All so right. so the um I'd have my earbuds in but I wouldn't even be listening to music. Right. Like it just was in just so people would not so people wouldn't bother me am you know, this thing's going crazy. Yeah. I'll talk, I can I talk while you fix that. Okay, you know, I had to. I got, um, oh I yeah.
1: I was like that. Um, I worked at the YMCA for a while and the people there, you know, it's a lot of older crowd there yep. and they love to talk. So it had gotten to a point there that that's, um, was almost a start of me putting in head put, putting on headphones was like, you know what, if I do this they'll leave me alone, but they, it doesn't stop them. <laughs> it does not stop people from coming and interrupting your workout. Um, at all. And every single day I'll be there. And its I've, I've actually been in the middle of a set, like, straining. You know, like, so you got about 425, you're doing sets of five or whatever. You're on your third set, and you, you're struggling getting halfway. I've had people trying to conversate with me in the middle of a row. Oh, yeah. And it's like on man (laughs) yeah they
0: don't they don't care dude they're straight up well like hey so uh did you yeah like talking about did you see the game or stuff like that yeah like no motherfucker i ain't trying to watch no games right (laughs) leave me alone
1: yes we can talk about that when i get done but now is you know people approach me i it's times i'll be working out and end up talking 20 minutes after a set yeah because i don't because i'm working out just because i love it like i still go to beast mode but like it doesn't bother me but like you said if i was say we did do some bare knuckle stuff or if I was training for a boxing match. Right. I have to go into that mode because I have to focus and if I know if I allotted myself two hours to get this workout in, I need to get everything I can get done in that two hours. So unfortunately now I can't spend fifteen minutes talking Chit-chan. to you about LeBron James <laughs> and then, you know, talking to this guy about you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr., you know, because I watch NASCAR sometimes. Too. Do you really? Man, I'm into everything. All right, um, man, I
0: some, I just never could, ta- I can never tap into that. I
1: want to tell you why I watch it or how I got into just what, first of all, I, when I was living in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. that Dale Earnhardt movie came out. Okay. Uh, it's like on ESPN or something like that. So I watched that, and that was my initial thing. And when I was playing ball in Dallas, I had met these, la- I cannot think of their names now. I had met these ladies on a flight. We were playing, somewhere we were flying but i met these two ladies and they used to fly around and go to all the nascar stuff so they would talk oh. to me about it so again all i really knew about nascar was their Earnhardt. heart right i wouldn't know i would i knew dad so that was it And they used to always say they were going to take me i never got a chance to go with them but they would say that but i would watch it a little then but what really got me into watching racing was when i was playing here for the renegades yeah Coach Humphrey's name, the day we had a championship game. We made it to the championship, um, and the championship was here in town. Yep. I remember that. Day, yeah, the day before the game, they were like, Hey, we're gonna go out and meet some folks and, you know, make sure we get the crowd there. We're gonna go to Dirt Track Racing and we're all you gotta understand <laughs> this team is ninety six percent black. Right. You know, yeah, somebody the like Rome Under
0: Speedway, right? Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they're
1: like, "Oh no, it's really cool," and they got the fastest half track in the world, and yada. And we're all sitting there like, "Okay, yeah, all right." <laughs> what, does mean? What, what is that? Yeah, so we get out there, man, and yeah, you could just hear everybody complain like, "Dude, we got a game tomorrow. They got us out here. This nobody want to see this. No this dirt track, man." Within ten minutes of those races, like we're all out there pulling out twenty. It's like, hey, I got car number fifteen. Yeah. Like, we we're all there to the point where it was so good when we left. Uh, me and a friend of mine, Gigi, that played with us, uh, he was from Birmingham also. I didn't know him in Birmingham. I met him here. But we went back (laughs) after the team left and we went up to the box and we watched the rest of the races with Coach Humphries and Harry Pierce because he was the owner Mm -hmm. of the team. So, man, we went back and after that when I catch it on TV, I I watch it. Now, I'm not going to pretend I'm a diehard fan where I can tell you the names of all these different races and, and all this stuff, but if I'm at home and I catch it on TV, yeah, I'll watch it, man. Dude, I'll tell you, I
0: was, I'll tell you something's crazy. I, I've lived in Rome my whole life. I've never once been to that dirt track. Right? Not once. Like I, I mean, I, I just don't know. I mean, everybody says it's a good time and it's fun. I just yeah. never, I never been. I never yeah. went. So I, think I, try, I man. probably missed out on some, on yeah. some, on you some, some at least some good people watching. Yeah, so. yeah.
1: It was. I, I enjoyed it when I was out there.
0: So, so I know you've been working out for forever. Like I, that's how we met each other. And that's how we know each other um what got you into the powerlifting? like what what is what what was the what was the switch for you
1: i had i had stopped playing football and what ended up happening after the arena football i had um some things going on with the buffalo bills and it was i can't remember what year it was now but buffalo had me on call so the thing was if something happened to a line somebody tweaked something somebody got hurt they would call and say hey you know, can you be on a plane by Thursday? Such and such is going on. So I was I was living in Cedar Town, yep. working at Goals Gym at the time. I think it's called something else. I don't even planet know Fitness it. now. Yeah, it's the yeah. Planet Fitness. They move the Goals people move down the street and then change their name. Life Life, Life Fitness. Fitness or, something, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, but um, I'm down there working at Goals and. Stand in shape for football. That season, to make that long story short, Buffalo called me four or five times that season on a Monday asking if I could be on a plane by Wednesday or Thursday just to call me on Tuesday and say, hold off. Oh. You know, this is not. he's not going to be out so long or, we, you know, just hold off. And that was like my final straw football. I never even sure. attempted to play again. That's um, a lot that's that's that of up and down rollercoaster. It was really you. bad, yeah. especially – I'm sure if I ever come back on here and we get more into my career, you're just going to be like, dude, like all this, like it was really an up and down career yeah. um, for me. But so what happened was, you know, I still love to work out. So I was doing that and I was working out. Um, It was a guy. Now I can't remember his name, but he was going to, to Georgia to be a um, veterinarian. And he was doing his summer thing in Town, where he would go work at a veterinarian's office or whatever. Like clinicals? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, we were working out. He was into bodybuilding. And, of course, I was just into lifting heavy weights. One day we were literally in there and I finally started understanding how athletes, when they stop playing, how they go into a depression and all that stuff. I never thought that would be me. But I was so used to competing and having something to live for. Or, right. Or workout or a goal to go for that had something to do with fitness. So that was like it was really bothering me. And one day we were working out, and literally in the middle of the workout, I was like, "I think I'm going to try powerlifting." And he was like, "What?" I said, "Yeah, but I got to go in my office and see what the hell that is." Yeah. All I really knew about powerlifting at the time was, um, you remember um, Reggie Ball was the quarterback for Georgia Tech years. Yes. Ago? His dad was one of my trainers when okay. I left Miles getting ready for football after I left college. And when I used to work out Reggie Ball senior, he was really funny. He he doesn't look like Bernie Mac, but he reminds you of Bernie Mac, the way he talks and the way he yeah. acts, his mannerisms. Yeah. You know. And every he would lift with us sometimes. And Reggie was a strong guy, man. And we were squat one day, and we probably had about 500 on there. And Reggie got on the bar and did like three reps. And on his last rep, he was coming up saying, that's why I'm three-time world powerlifting champion, you know, just yeah. talking this noise. We <laughs> loved it, you know. But that was the extent of powerlifting, you yeah. know, never just nothing I ever looked into. So I went back to my office and I'm like, okay, squat benching and deadlifting. I said I could do this. So I went down uh Max Nutrition was still open here yep. and I started talking to Steve and I was like, man, I think I want to go into powerlifting and he was telling me about he said, "Man, you should look up power, I mean, Southern and Federation." He was like, "They have a lot of stuff local. You won't have to go far." So I I looked at the federation. And um, they had a meet. The Alabama State Championship was coming up. Uh, it was probably like two months away, so maybe eight to nine weeks away. So you had you so had about I, nine weeks to get yeah, ready. Yeah, man. I joined the Federation, man, and started watching videos and had this little sorry Valio belt that you get out of yes, Walmart and yes. had these wrist wraps that I had gotten out of here. But I thought I was doing the thing. For like, real. I got my gear. Man, I went down there. I think it was in um, a Alabama. I believe that thing was. Man. Okay. I went in there, and I won. Like, just off raw strength to the point where my score is higher than the people that were wearing the, the double ply suits. Yes. Because I lifted raw. Like, all I had was a belt and some... some um I wore the knee wraps then. Okay. But uh, I went in there and won, man, and that was the start of my powerlifting career like that. Because... I remember them laughing at me at the beginning of the meet because my equipment was so sorry. Nobody was laughing at the end of that get stuff. I'm yeah. just like oh, this value belt and man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what you like, but I man. laughed all the way out of there with that best lift yeah, trophy, and that's that's how I'm career began, man. It was it was strictly because I needed something to shoot for, and I was like, man, if I lift heavy anyway, I might as well do it for a purpose. I know, right? Yeah.
0: Did how many like how many competitions you think you've been in now oh, man. since then?
1: I don't know, man. You know, I haven't competed in, like, three and a half years since I got hit by oh, a car. okay. You know, um, I was in a bad car accident um, heading home one day, me and my son. We, our car jumped over the median, and we hit it dead on. Man, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yes. man. Yeah. It was bad. It was in January, uh, about three years ago. Okay. Man. And, um, you know, we covered. Luckily, you know, he was okay. The, the work, I split my hand, as you see here. Was split all the way through the middle. Oh, uh, was so that with this the, the steering complete, wheel? Yeah, yeah, something did it. Um, yeah, I didn't even know that, yeah, I didn't know that, man. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. You know, my son broke his finger, had a bunch of scrapes and bruises, but as bad as that accident was, we got out pretty good. Okay, and um, okay, what I didn't know is, so I was recovering that year, and then that's when they started boxing over at in Shape,
0: so gotcha. I started
1: going out there because you know boxing my first love, so I'm like I'm just gonna do it just to get in shape was why I was doing it. That was about October of that year. About four weeks in, um, the car accident, which I didn't know, had caused an umbilical hernia. Oh, I was in the shower one day, and I was like,
0: what is this? What is this? Right.
1: And um, so I ended up having to get surgery for that. So since then, it's been trying to get my body back used to getting that heavy weight, yep. and it'll do it. But um, at the same time, I had a, a doctor that had put me on blood pressure medication, what I didn't know is I was having an allergic reaction. Um, so this whole time I'm taking this pill that I still didn't think I need. I won't take them ever again. True. But, um I had gained like almost 100 pounds, dude. Really? I couldn't hardly move. I couldn't squat deep. Um, like my flexibility was gone. Mm-hmm. I just literally thought I was losing my mind. And I was telling I was lifting with Goggins Force in Marietta, Steve Goggins. And, uh, you know, he's a big name in powerlifting. you mm-hmm. know, he's the first guy to ever um, squat 1,100 pounds in a competition. Jesus. Or 1,000. No, 1,000 pounds or 1,100, something like that. I, sorry, Steve. I think it's 1,100. Yeah. Or 1,103. I have to look it up. <laughs> it's but, unreal. Um, yeah, he, he was the man. Yeah, it's um, unreal. And I kept telling him, I said, man, the more I stretch, the, I've always been agile. You know, I'm a big guy. Mm-hmm. And people that don't know me don't know that I'm fast, they don't know that I'm, you know, Flexible for a guy this big, but I couldn't do anything, man. And once I found out what it was that I was causing, which was those blood pressure medications, you had then the car accident. <laughs> everything <laughs> kind of added everything. all together. Yeah. So when I came off and all the inflammation, like I had ankles like this big, from that stuff, putting on um, like holding water weight, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So they had to do all these heart checks and make sure nothing was damaged. Nothing was damaged. You know, thank don't, goodness. Don't I was you think good. it's
0: crazy how you can get put on a medication? and like i and i i told this story previously i know a guy that uh he's got gout he yeah. just got they he has gout they got this man on five different medications one for gout one for uh the adverse uh reaction mm-hmm. and one for an adverse reaction to the adverse reaction wow. so he's like five different medications yeah. in. i'm like dude you need yeah. to change your diet and yeah. get another alternative. Yeah, but that, taking those medicines, dude, it's just
1: yeah. That's what I've I've, I've done. Um, started changing how I, I I eat. I don't eat a lot of meat anymore. I had stopped eating it last year for about six or eight months altogether. How'd you do
0: with that? Because I I've thought about going that route, but it's man, it's so yeah. tough
1: it wasn't hard for me i because i'm used to like i'm the dude, yeah okay like i was the dude that i could eat meat and forget everything else me too you know so i was always when, that I, way. when I started it was just a trial for me and mm-hmm. it wasn't that bad but it was the first time my body started reacting to anything because right. i had tried people's bodybuilding diets all kind of the stuff that i would do in powerlifting if i need to lose 20 pounds before a competition Nothing was working. My, my weight kept going up because of these pills or whatever it did to my body. Mm-hmm. And it was the cutting out of the meat is what did it for me. Now, I still eat it. Now, I started incorporating it back on weekends. I got you. Or I may eat it like I had it today because I didn't cook last night. So, uh-huh. they ordered it out. So, we had Subway today. I got you. So, I like I had a Subway today. So, it's not that I won't ever eat it, but I've eliminated a whole bunch. And it's helped me out a lot.
0: I know when Brittany and I got together, Brittany doesn't eat meat. She's not a vegan, but she right. – uh, she'll eat she'll still eat eggs and dairy products and stuff like that but right. um i was like man i just don't know i don't know if i can get down with that right. like i you know meat and potato guys always what i've been and how i've always ate but then she's like we'll try these things with some alternatives some right. different stuff and so we did and i was like you know what man maybe okay. i could probably and i and i think i have probably cut a little bit of a, a good good portion of, of meat right. out of my diet.
1: Oh man, I've cut a whole. Now I still eat every eggs. meal was was meat for me. You know, I've yeah. I, I, I never I've never ate a meal that didn't. Me neither. That kind of meat. Like
0: I didn't grow up not yeah, eating not right. a piece of meat every right. time I ate. Every so.
1: single time I ate. So like I said, it's it's cut out a lot. I like I was um telling Alicia my wife the other day. I was like, you know, I could even go for eating meat one meal a day and still have cut off 90% of the meat that I used to For eat. sure. Um, so, but it does. I, I mean, I even felt snacks, my like eating down. beef jerky and yeah. stuff for snacks. I, eat, right. I,
0: I always constantly eat meat. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: So that's been the the biggest thing that's helped me out since then. So that's why this year is a year that I'm hoping to a, either get back on the platform by the end of the year, mm-hmm. powerlifting, or be like I said, do an amateur boxing match. Bare knuckle fighting. Just, yeah, oh, oh, bare knuckle, I'm your like dude. You said. I'm
0: your dude. I'm your corner. Right. I'm gonna and, be um, your hype man. Oh,
1: oh yeah, hype man. I need a cut man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I
0: tried that a little bit when I was uh when when it had some guys that used to fight out of you know fighting MMA and I used to be a corner guy and I was just like they're like I'll be like what would I really do if they get cut really bad? Right. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing in here.
1: I did it. Uh, you know, I got into it. Our uh, Buck Carson, uh, he's a he's a cop in Polk County. Yeah, but yeah, Buck yeah, he yeah, used to be on Boxing Trainer. Yeah, and um, I was helping Buck with his like strength and conditioning for his fight uh, this year mm-hmm. back in January, right before I got COVID. And um, we were working out one day, and I was just asking him because you know in the um, USPA powerlifting, you know, I I do a lot of their announcing. I do some of their broadcasting with um, Garage Gym Life Media. And I'm also a judge. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I got to start doing something in boxing, too. You know, so I was thinking, do I want to be a referee? And I was like, not really. I was like, maybe I should try to get into being a judge for boxing. So I'm talking to Buck, and he was like, you ever thought about being a cut man? And I was like, dude, I don't know anything about being a cut man. No. He said, I need a cut man for my fight. Um, you need to learn what you can and get with the Alabama State Commission and get certified. I'm like, okay. okay. So <laughs> we were about six weeks out for his fight, so... The following week I get sick. <laughs> oh, oh, no. So I'm 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 looking at stuff from what's his name? Stitch Duran and every cut man I can find on YouTube. I'm reading everything. I'm talking to doctors and doing all this stuff, trying to figure out what I can do. But I end up doing it for a man and it it was good. Luckily, all I had to deal with was a bloody nose. It. Okay. Yeah, he knocked out in the first round. Oh, give me Yeah, you. he won in the first round. But, you know, the if the wind blows hard, Buck's nose will bleed. So oh, I knew that. Yeah. So you know, just to make it look good for the audience. You know, after the fight, I'm up there doing some with his nose, like, dude, if I got all this work done, I'm fixing some kind of blood. Because <laughs> he was really hyper and everything. Um, And I'm like, no, get over here. Get, no, let me fix this right here. So um, that's all I really had to deal with, man. So I haven't had to deal with a real, real good cut yet. But I think I've, I've learned and talked to enough people where I think I can handle it. I think my biggest thing would be timing it out you know you got a minute which really means you got about 45 seconds mm-hmm. to deal with this stuff cause 15 seconds of that of them coming to the corner or getting ready to go back out there right. so you really don't have a full minute to get up there and try to fix a cut so you know if he fights again or any of the other young fighters have a fight and I do it for them I guess I'll see if I can do it
0: I know, you know. Buck, we, Buck was a, he was just a youngster and he he had a couple of amateur boxing matches and he uh, he was coming to our jiu-jitsu school hmm. was like Buck we're going to get you on the card at Battle of Rome. You're going to fight in the cage. And he, we hopped him up, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So he did really well, and he, both of the guys, I think they were pretty evenly matched. And uh, Buck was landing some good shots, and he was rattling this guy. And the last round, I was like, it's dead even. Y'all are, like, going to war. I was like, just get the takedown and just, just wallow on him for the last round. Right. You know, get a dominant position and hold it. Try to submit him if you can. And uh the old boxer just wouldn't let him go for the uh, shoot. And he kept banging. They kept and then I think he lost the decision, but it was it could have went either way. Right. But I was like, All you had to do is just shoot, get the takedown, but <laughs> right. that but that old boxer mentality is like, yes. Don't you don't duck right. your head. Yeah. Uh but uh yeah, Buck's a good dude, man. Yeah, he really man, I is. Love him to death, he's a good yeah. dude.
1: Oh yeah. Like I said, I I met him over at the gym doing that, man, and we've been cool ever since, man. He's a good guy. Yeah, man. he is. He really he's is. He's a really good guy.
0: So so when you're not boxing and you're not are you are you, is your is your son still involved in
1: sports? He's not, man. He um he's played them all. He's played basketball, football, baseball. Run the game, and he's good. He did wrestling a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, I thought he wrestled. He's he's good. It's just not his thing. Yeah, you know. Um, and I'm okay with that. He he does a lot of things. Like he does a lot of plays or used to before COVID at the auditorium in Cedar Town. Yeah, they um, always Minnesota had something acting. going on over there.
0: Yeah, good yeah, for him, man. He's
1: really good. But you know it's still stuff that I do. You know, I took drama from junior high all the way through college. Yeah. Um. So he still does that. You know, he does robotics and stuff like that. So, you know, for me, my mentality with my son, especially if you want to just look at it from a sports point, you know, I, I have to teach my son not to be the quarterback or the, the defensive end, but I got to teach my son to be the owner. Yeah. Because they're the ones that make the money. That's exactly so right. That's what I have to teach my son sure. because that's where his, his, mind is that right he can do that stuff not that he can't play because he can play but this is not what he wants and if that's not what he wants you got to put him in a, in a position to be able to do it so i didn't want to be that dad that's you know this is my son so dad was a hell of an athlete and the son you got to get your name out there too the giles name carries you know i yeah. figure that i'm still in it right now i'm still doing sports stuff so my name will do it for itself right i'll let his name be the business name what, and he'll do his thing and i think he'll be great at whatever it is he decides yeah. to do i think he'll be great well if
0: he's still doing an acting and he's into that and he's you know of course we we're we're the hollywood of the south now in georgia so right yeah. and i know every time i get an email looking for specific things because i've worked on some stuff and uh they're always looking for big bouncer tops and i always tag you always i'm like i'll tag this dude because there ain't nobody
1: bigger than reggie but i'm gonna do this one day um I've, I've worked up enough time and, and luckily my bosses at, at Floyd are, are cool. Um, so I think if I have an audition, I think I can get the, the day off or whatever. And and we, we take care of each other in our department pretty good because, um, I miss it, man. You know, the last time I did a movie audition, I was working at at Gordon Central, uh, alternative school director there, um, after the first year of the Renegades and, um, the movie we are marshall yeah they were doing auditions for yeah. that i
0: gotta be in that yeah. i was in that or you in yeah, it? yeah i was one of our
1: yeah. my, my college teammates was in that movie man when uh, they, they
0: they were at morris was it morris brown college
1: I think that where me. they what did they they feeling, the, they I the that they filmed the football scene okay what happened was that was I the hottest day call, of my damn life right <laughs> <laughs> i got a call and i was working at the high school so i went to the principal and i'm like oh, i know this is last month but this is an audition going on these asked me about it. it's a football audition he's like oh we'll cover you like go like so good. You know, I leave the school, I head down to Atlanta, I stand this long line, <sighs> and I finally get up there. You know, they had all the director table full of people there. So I walk up there, and at this time, I'm still playing ball, so I'm in, I'm in football shape. Yeah. Down. Like at this point, like now I'm, I'm big, like bulky, but then I was a little bit more chiseled because I ran all the time. Right. So I get there, and you know, you understand when I played six foot six, 350. Um, they look at me, and before I could even say a word, they're like, "Man, look, if we're doing an NFL movie, you like we, you're you're there. Like we wouldn't have any questions." but they said, "This movie, you know, I think it was what 1970 or 69." Yeah, yeah. So he said, "Um, you know, the movie is about the following year after the plane crash or whatever." And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Dude, and all the good said, athletes actually died in the plane crash." Right. 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 He said, "Man." It wasn't a football player alive your size in nineteen no, seventy. No, None less a freshman in college. And i right. said you know what? <laughs> I didn't think of that. You know, yeah. that's why they didn't job. Either, but so. it never crossed my funny. mind. I heard football audition. Yep. I'm on it, you know, but I mean, it made sense, you know, and especially at that school, he was like, man, they didn't have nobody looking like you, like, they didn't especially in 1970. Man, they didn't like have the anybody NFL living in, in, in that area right, like you. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the Mean Joe Greens and stuff like that, I would dwarf them. Yeah, You know, those those guys are big for their time. Right. You know, even like Refrigerator Perry was a big guy, but if in his prime, you put me next to him, people would be like, dude, you make the fridge, the fridge a little small. Yeah, yeah, they would say that. Um, so, that was the last time I went to a movie audition. Um, hadn't done it. Have I? don't even think I've done any more commercials since then. Either Dude, I, I did
0: when I when I went and worked on that. I was a reporter on the field, and it's like ninety eight degrees the first day I'm there. Okay. Right. So we're shooting two different scenes, and so they're like, "Oh, you're going to be a reporter, and uh, we need to put you need to put this tweed suit on." So I got this tweed right. suit. Wool. It's wool. It's wool. It's not. Tw- I don't know what. It's. So I'm in this suit, right? I got the suit coat on i got the little fedora looking hat on my head and i'm holding a piece of like a a notepad and i got a pencil like i'm taking notes and uh they're like what size of shoe you wear and i got tiny feet so i got right. i wear six and i was like "Ooh, i wear six and it's like oh, okay well these these eight and a half sort of be fine oh wow <laughs> no nah, man they ain't fine did you right. hear what i just said Right? <laughs> can somebody run to the buster brown department and find yeah. me some shoes but I stood out there on the sideline like I was taking notes while the football game was going on, you know. Right. And I guess reporters back in the day take notes and then they go top it up and put yes. it there. And uh, I don't know how in the hell I didn't die of a heat stroke out wow. there, dude. I when I took I took clothes back to wardrobe, and I was like, I don't even think y'all probably should just burn these right. when they dry out. You just burn them because you ain't gonna get them clean. Right. There's no way you're gonna get my smell out of them. So my next scene, I, I felt a little better. I got to wear a pair of purple corduroy pants. Oh wow. And I had on a gray uh, Thundering Herd T-shirt, mm-hmm. and I got to sit in the stands. Uh, and, again, it was 98 degrees. Oh, wow. And, dude, it was so hot. And everybody was hot because they're like, oh, we're getting the varsity catered in. We're not going to have the varsity. And I just looked at them. I said, I just want to leave. Right. And they're like, you don't want to eat lunch? And I was like, I don't want to eat lunch. I just want to leave. Right. I'm having a heat stroke. Wow. I'm about to die. And, uh, yeah, that was that was actually the first thing I ever worked on was, wow. was We Are Marshall. And I met Matthew McConaughey. For okay. a brief second, so, right. but uh, but yeah, you every time I see something pop up where it's like big security guard, yeah. big menacing dude, or something like that, I'm like, you gotta that's that's right at the. i got to
1: start doing this, you know. Right before we start, you know, we're talking about you get, start sometimes just living life and you you forget your passions, yeah, <laughs> and the things that always drove you, right. And I, I'm getting, I got to get back to that. You there's know. so much of
0: it like i get emailed yeah. every day it, and you know spider-man shooting uh in atlanta right now spider-man 3 mm-hmm. and uh i got an email or a text message i actually got text and it was like you know we might can use you for this and and i was like my life's too busy man i'd right. love to you know i got a family now <laughs> right. i didn't have a family then i was working on all kinds of different stuff Right. and uh now i got a family got a house full of you know kids and mm-hmm. and, and and cheerleading practice and right. all that stuff. So. But you know, Put it I, on the back burner,
1: right? You know, I wish I wouldn't have. I I got out of it a lot when I stayed here. When I came back from Dallas that last time, um, you know, I, I stayed here because my son was here. You know, right. he had a son when I came here um, with the Renegades. Mm-hmm. So that's how I came back to Rome when I stopped playing football. Because you know, your kids don't have to be here, so it ain't right. I felt I still feel like I made the right decision by being here. Um, mm-hmm. I think being around your child is really important. Absolutely physical contact would have been better than me off trying to make money sure and sending it Um, right so i stayed here and you know like i always tell people it was career suicide for me but you know i still got all these years with my son so i'll take that yeah irreplaceable he's he's older now and i can start doing a little bit more things and um if I have to go off for a month or two at a time, he'll probably be happy because <laughs> he'll be like, "Oh my god, finally! Why didn't leave me alone? He won't be calling <laughs> every five minutes." So. I know. I used
0: to laugh and say, "Tyler, Tyler probably always thought that I was going through a uh, midlife crisis when I would go work on movies right. and TV shows." But Zoe was like, "My dad's on TV!" Right. She was like, yeah. "She loved it." So, yeah. so it was kind of yeah. fun. I it, the, the I think one of the funniest things is when. I actually we were all sitting on the couch and I was I uh, I can't remember what it was. I think it was Happy Leonard I was on and there's a big fight in the diner scene and like I'm there and I'm grabbing hold of James Purefoy and like we're wrestling or whatever and but just to see her face like right. she saw me on TV okay, and yeah. she was like <gasps> you know right. it's kind of cool so that's was, that's but, why you know, I kind of kept doing it it was fun
1: yeah I similar with my son like working at the radio station um you know I do a lot of the like for Rome games, you know, I work the board at the radio station for their games and then I'll do like a halftime show and things like that. So my son's like, you know, five, six years old, you know, like say around Christmas, I'll like do this little thing where for my club, Q102 show, we get on there and do a little promo so during like in between songs, we would come on there and be like, you know, this is DJ Reggie, blah 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 blah. I'm here with my son. He used to call himself DJ Monster, yeah. And you know, we wish awesome. you a Merry Christmas, <laughs> 102, and all that kind of stuff. But he used to love, you know, go home tell his mom, and his grandmother, like, listen to the radio tonight. Listen, to the, I'm going to be on the radio with my dad. You yeah. Know? So yeah, they do enjoy that stuff, man. And you know, hopefully, it'll be a lot more to come for him to see.
0: The business know. is there for him too, man. He's yeah. got there's so many uh there's vessels and avenues uh in. I think that uh, if a kid wants to pursue that, and they're living in this area. I think there's there's so many opportunities. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, but parents, if you're going to put your kids in that, make sure you're always involved with it because yeah. there's not yeah. always nice people in that industry. I was going to say, they treat yeah. you like a, you're They treat you like an adult, even yeah. if you're
1: four yeah. years old. Or, so. or try to turn you against the parents. Like, like, yes. They, they don't want you to do this. And you're sitting there like, so I'm trying to tell you the right thing to do. Yeah. You know? so, Yeah. Do you know my dad's crazy? He'll kill you. Yeah, they (laughs) have to know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You (laughs) will go. You will go missing. Yeah. (laughs) Like the. the, You know, I tell people all the time that if you ever want to see that bad side of me, mess with somebody I love. Yeah. Like that's the easiest way to. If you just ever want, when people say I blacked out or you snapped, if you ever want (laughs) to see me do that, you mess with somebody I love. Yep. And you'll see something that you don't want to see, and you know hopefully that never happens. yeah i don't like going there no um, yeah i haven't for sure. been there in forever man yeah. and i hope i never have to again but when i go there it's not pretty you know and i'm not one of these dudes that walk around thinking oh nobody can beat me up you yeah. know it's always somebody out there but you know i've always had a say when i tell people i say there's only two bad motherfuckers in this world and i'm both of them <laughs> You know, <laughs> but i live that in my head yeah. you know but in reality i know it's like you said, man, you don't know who the MMA fighter is that you done ran up, put two on the bar, thinking man. you're about to knock out. The next thing you know, <laughs> dude, we talked about. We talked about <laughs>
0: that. Uh, there, there, some most people nowadays have had, they've had some form of training or they've watched enough to where they can kind of do whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it seemed like it ain't like it was back in yeah. the old day. I remember we had went to, uh, it's when the club fitness days. Mm-hmm. We all went up to the three thirty three at the bar and we're like all drinking or whatever and of course a fight breaks out or whatever and one of the guys who was always like pe- beating his chest like he's a badass and right. he's gonna beat everybody up shit some little bitty 140 pound dude jumped on his back and choked him black oh, wow. choked him out <laughs> like i mean he could have killed him right, he really yeah. could have if, if oh, he yeah. didn't let him go and uh, i know that dude and i won't say his name right. but i tell to you after the thing but uh he he spent months trying to figure out who that was Wow, he was like you know he was he had he had blood in his mouth right he was going to kill him Good, and great. i was like you gun gonna choked
1: out one time yeah. you better leave him alone, leave him alone. you yeah. know what's gonna
0: happen so yeah
1: because like you never know you know for guys my size you know i always tell people my, my size is a blessing and a curse because you know coming up it's if you beat somebody else smaller than you you get like do Look bully. at this person, yeah. yeah. You, you didn't have to do that, yada yada yada. But let you get beat up by somebody smaller, it turns into a joke. Like you let him beat you up, yeah. like how you gonna get beat up by him? Yeah. So it's always like, Okay, what do you want me to do? Or even teachers would do that, mm-hmm. you know, teachers like you know, as long as I did not put hands on people, it's just like, oh, you can handle him. But if I ever do, it's like, you can't do that. You can And are Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But if I don't do anything, they're like, oh, you can't handle a little such and such. And it's like, well, what do you want me to yeah. do? Do you want me to go ape shit crazy? Or do you just want me to me chill out and do what you want me to do? Slap this dude's teeth yeah. out of his mouth. So it's, 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 and today it would still be a lose, lose. If I walked out of here right now on Broad Street and I beat somebody up, I would probably be a bully. You know, depending on whatever the situation is. Yeah. But if I got beat up, it would be a joke like, man, did you hear Big Red? got beat up <laughs> by a dude that was five foot five, you know, 80 pounds.
0: If you're getting beat up by a five foot five guy yeah, when we walk out of here, I'm going to sneak. Right. Him. I'm going to jump his back <laughs> like that guy did at the pair and choke, right. it. I'm gonna choke him. I'm going to choke him gonna out.
1: going to go so. viral. They're going to be like, look at this big guy get beat look down. Look at Robin Big <laughs> right. out there on
0: Broad Street getting down.
1: Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: Well man, I, I cannot thank you enough for coming in oh, and, yeah. and we gotta do it again. Yeah. So we need to do this again. Oh, so yeah. we can make this a reoccurring thing. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. We'll add you to our list of uh repeat offenders. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So but yeah, man, thank you so much for coming man, in. I, I appreciate really do appreciate you, seeing you. It's yeah. good to see you and good to talk to you. So Oh yeah, I had lots of fun. Yeah. Let's do it again. Yes, sir. All right, let's do it soon. All, All right, right. Later.
1: See ya.